This is Tina Douglas, and you're listening to the Liam Photography Podcast with your host, my husband, Liam Douglas. Enjoy! Greetings, everybody. You're listening to the Liam Photography Podcast. I'm your host, Liam Douglas, and this is episode 277. So today is Sunday, October 2nd, 2022. And as usual, I'm covering the news and rumor stories that caught my eye for this week. But first, a little update on the storm that we had this week. As many of you know, a massive hurricane, I believe named Ian, hit uh, Florida earlier this week as a Category 4 storm with approximate diameter of 45 miles of cross. So it was a massive storm. Now, we did get quite a bit of wind and rain here in Roxborough, North Carolina from that storm on Friday and into Saturday. And it was pretty nasty. I got lucky enough that the power didn't go out, but I did end up with a lot of tree debris in our yard, uh, both the front yard and the backyard. There were some good sized trees knocked down along the road in the general area. And our friends, Mark and Colleen, who live in Lewisburg about an hour away, did lose power for a few hours so it was a pretty nasty storm now as far as the update on tina unfortunately she didn't get out of the hospital on saturday like she was supposed to quorum seems to be dragging butt about getting her home therapy uh cleared through my new cigna insurance so i hope and pray that they'll get it straightened out so she can come home later today. If not, she's going to be stuck there till Monday, and neither one of us is going to be happy about that. But again, I wanted to thank all of my listeners for your continued prayers and thoughts and emails and messages on social media in support of her as she's going through her leukemia treatment. All right, so let's head on over to Petapixel and see what news stories I have for you for this week. Eerie photos of remote restricted locations captured on large format film. Photographer Greg Saylor travels to remote hidden areas at the ends of the earth so he can document them on large format cameras. Saylor uses both four by five large format cameras and medium format cameras to document military facilities in the Arctic Circle, the world's largest open pit copper mine in Chile, and training facilities for the United States Army in the Mojave Desert. The Australian photographer tells Petapixel about the difficulty of capturing inaccessible landscapes and sealed off territories on analog quote it is very challenging he says a weight of about 30 kilograms extreme temperatures between minus 55 degrees celsius or minus 67 fahrenheit and 50 degrees celsius or 122 degrees fahrenheit ice snow and sandstorms long exposure times often controlled or accompanied by soldiers or security units especially in restricted areas dangerous situations mines front Secret services, corruption, weather condition, shooting on single sheets of film makes a difficult job even tougher as it means he cannot mess it up. Quote, so if something happens, I lose the picture. I can't repeat it. There's only one chance. But that raises my awareness, sensitizes my perception, 
It's a slow working process, Saylor says. Quote, at a temperature of minus 50 degrees Celsius, film starts to break. An advantage of the mechanic camera is that I don't need any batteries. I am independent. And its weight is helping when working during a heavy storm in a polar night with long exposure times, you're able to get sharp pictures. Sailor says that he aims for calm photographs, which are influenced by his technique. Quote, I'm always seeking the reduction focus on the essential, he adds. Sailor's latest photo book, Unseen Places, concerns the structural transformation of landscape and the complex political, military, and economic implications of architecture. Quote, this takes him to remote, inhospitable parts of the world. Potemkin villages and places that are only accessible to a few people, the book's promotion says. Sailors' photos are deserted. The buildings on them often seem like sculptures. Whether climate change, political conflicts, or an excessive need for security, sailors' pictures reveal the dynamics that lead to an existence of these places. The book is published by Kerr Verlag for $29.22, that's in American dollars, or $29.90 in euros. There is also an accompanying exhibition at the Hunts or uh, Kunsthaus Wayne in Vienna until February 19th. More can be found on Sailor's website. And you can find that link in this article in the show notes. And I must say, he's captured some absolutely stunning photographs here of some of these restricted areas that people are generally not allowed to get here. So it is really interesting and unique to see the kind of images that he's been able to capture. I'll be, as he said, it's a very long and tedious process and at times can be very dangerous as well. So my hat's off to you. Incredible set of historical photos are signed by photographers and subjects. A collection of photographs that mark pivotal moments in American history, complete with notes from the people who took them, is being auctioned off today. Now, this was from September 30th. The photos include Neil Armstrong's photo of Buzz Aldrin on the moon, a portrait of Rosa Rosa Parks on a bus, and Nick Oates' images of Kim uh, Puck fleeing napalm in Vietnam. Now, one of the most iconic photos of the 20th century, the Times Square kiss taken by Alfred Einstadt, showing the joyful response to the end of World War II. Photo is signed by the photogenic couple, Navy sailor George Mendoza and nurse Greta Zimmer. Uh, the infamous shoeing incident in 2008 when Iraqi journalist uh, Mutandar al-Zadi threw his shoes at President Bush. Zadi describes why he accosted the U.S. leader, an act of defiance that would result in a three-year prison conviction for assaulting a foreign head of state. Quote, everyone had been repeating George W. Bush's claim that we greeted him with roses and the world, unfortunately, believed this lie. That's why my idea was to find a solution in accordance with Newton's third law that for every action, there is an equal and opposite reaction. I chased George W. Bush everywhere so that I could show the world my protest. Uh, By protest, throwing my shoes at him, I expected to be killed for it. And then, of course, there's a photograph signed by Rosa Parks, shows the civil rights icon sitting in a bus, the simple act that led to her arrest in 1955. The photos and the stories behind them underline the impact that photography has had on history, particularly in the 20th century. 
The neck, uh, uh, that neck uh, was there to capture the awful image of a Vietnamese girl running from a napalm explosion, a single frame that helped shape public opinion of the Vietnam War back in the United States is an incredible photography accomplishment in itself. Now, the picture is by the Associated Press photographer Nick Ut of Kim Puck uh, Fan Thai, known as Napalm Girl from the Vietnam War. Kim Puck wrote, on June 8, 1972, we were allowed to play inside of a temple near the bomb shelter. I remember after lunch, we heard the noise of some burning outside, and suddenly the soldier asked the children to run out of the temple. I saw the planes were very fast, very loud. As a child, I didn't know anything. And I turned my head. I saw four bombs landing, then suddenly the fire was everywhere around me. I didn't see anybody else. And then the fire burned off my clothes, and I saw the fire on my left arm. I used my right hand to wrap it up. That's why my right hand got burned as well. I put the fire out with my hand. I was terrified. Then I kept running and running and running until I was too tired to run anymore. And then a soldier poured water over my skin. At that moment, I passed out. Oh, goodness. That would have been a terrifying experience. Elizabeth uh, Eckford attends her first day of school at Little Rock Central High School in Arkansas. Excerpts from her handwritten account read, quote, I am one of the Little Rock Nine, a group of African-American teens who in 1957 were the first black students ever to attend classes at the previously all-white Little Rock Central High School. As I walked towards the school, I saw Arkansas National Guard soldiers surrounding the grounds. When I approached, the soldiers stood shoulder to shoulder to bar me. I walked further and stopped where I could see another sidewalk leading to the school. This time, the state troopers crossed rifles to block me. When I stepped out into the street, an angry mob started following and screaming insults. Photographers were in front of me walking backwards. Someone yelled, get a rope, drag her over to the tree let's hang her other voices cursed and threatened i looked for help when i approached an elderly woman who had a kind face she spat on me the mob followed me to the bus stop where two middle-aged white reporters tried to comfort me when one reporter embraced me across my shoulder the crowd's anger rose in increased fury Ah, uh, just crazy. Oh, my goodness. And then we have the uh, the shot of President Bush at uh, in New York after the 9-11 attacks. Firefighter Bob Beckwith with President George W. Bush at Ground Zero on 14 September 2001. Beckwith wrote, hoping for a good view of the president, I climbed onto a covered engine across from the command post. A Secret Service member approached me and asked, is it safe? And I asked, is it safe here? I said, yes, it's a fire fire engine he said jump on it so i did he said there's someone coming over here when he does you help him up and then you get down so i did and then i saw the president he was heading to the command post when he suddenly turned and walked in front of me he gives me his hand and i helped him up i turned him around and said are you okay mr president he replied and said yes i started to get down when he said where are you going I was told to get down. He said, no, you stay here. He began to address the crowd. The crowd shouted, we can't hear you. Using a bullhorn, he said, I can hear you. The rest of the world hears you. And the people who knock these buildings down will hear all of us soon. They began chanting USA, USA, USA. Looking up to heaven, I said, look at me now. I'm with the president. Wow. 
Uh, and then we have a photo of President John F. Kennedy delivering his famous speech on 12 September 1962 about landing on the moon before 1970. The picture is signed by Apollo 16 astronaut Charlie Duke, who quotes JFK's speech. We choose to go to the moon. We choose to go to the moon in this decade and to do other things, not because they are easy, but because they are hard. Wow. <laughs> An original artwork of the tongue and lips logo of the Rolling Stones, hand-drawn and hand-painted by John Pash, who designed the logo in 1970 as a young art student, not realizing he would be creating one of the most instantly recognizable pop artworks of the modern era. And then there's a scarce Apollo 11 photo signed by Buzz Aldrin. The picture is a visor shot with Neil Armstrong taking a photo of Aldrin on the moon and Armstrong's image reflected back in the visor. The auction is held by the Nate D. Sanders auctions with the lots available from $100 to $1,000. And it can be viewed at the link in this article in the show notes. So definitely some amazing images and so cool that many of them were signed either by the photographer or the subject, or in some cases, both parties. Kioxia has working prototypes of the world's first two terabyte micro SD card. Kioxia says it has a working prototype of a two terabyte micro SD card, the highest possible capacity for the format as outlined by the SD Association. The company says that the system uses an innovative Bixis Flash 3D memory and in-house design controller that has confirmed to work with few prototypes that the company has thus far produced. Uh, with the few prototypes. The 2 terabyte capacity is the micro SD card standard's maximum density, but to this point, no manufacturer has successful, successfully implemented it in a design, despite the fact that the specification has been available from the SD Association for more than a decade. Kioxia says that it was able to finally make the SD Association standard a reality thanks to what it described as proprietary manufacturing technology. The new cards are built by stacking 16 one terabyte dies of 3D flash memory at a maximum thickness of 0 0.8. Uh, mic I, want, I don't think that's millimeters. I think it's micrometers, but I could be wrong at the die mounting area. Kioxia says the high, uh, the huge capacity makes them well suited for applications where a lot of storage is required, namely in smartphones, action cameras and portable game consoles. While Kioxia doesn't specifically state it, another use case and probably the one where these will see the most deployment is in security cameras or dash cams. That was at least Micron's target when it announced the then highest capacity of 1.5 terabyte micro SD card this past June. That card, which is a 500 gigabyte smaller than Kioxia's proposed micro SD, is able to store up to four months or 120 days of videos security footage locally, eliminating the need to continuously upload footage to the cloud or require regular swapping of media in the camera. Kioxia makes no promises on the longevity of this theoretical card, something Micron put specific emphasis on in its high-capacity 1.5-terabyte card, saying it was able to withstand continuous 24-hour recording for five straight years. If Kioxia can't come close to that kind of wear and tear, the additional 500 gigabytes likely won't be worth it in exchange for a card that will die out faster. It should be noted that while Kioxia has provided a lot of information about the card, it does note that it is a micro 
SDXC UHS-1, which means this card might have a lot of capacity, but it won't be particularly fast. If it sounds like most of this is speculation, that's because it is. Kiexia has says it has created a working prototype and is ready to move it to mass production, but it doesn't plan to do so until 2023. Detailed answers on what to expect from the Kiexia 2TB micro SDXC card, therefore, will have to wait until next year. So it will be interesting to see if they have fully successfully pulled this off, if it does stand up to wear and tear over time like the micron card does but again the fact that it's only uhs one is kind of a deal breaker i mean why would i want to buy a uhs one card that's two terabytes that's going to be slower than molasses in january no thank you especially not for what i can imagine will be the ridiculously high price tag Close-up images of Jupiter's frozen ocean moon could harbor aliens. NASA has released images taken from Juno probe after it passed close to Jupiter's frozen ocean moon, Europa, this week. The Juno spacecraft beamed back the best images of Europa seen in decades. Beneath the surfaces of the intriguing moon is thought to be a water ocean that scientists speculate could harbor extraterrestrial life. The Juno spacecraft has been orbiting Jupiter since 2016, and yesterday, or this past Thursday, the probe made its closest approach yet to Europa, flying within 219 miles of its icy surface. The last time NASA took a close look at the moon was NASA's Galileo, which passed within 218 miles just after the new millennium in the year 2000. Scientists had hoped to observe signs of life emanating from the moon, such as water plumes shooting from the surface, but initial findings have left researchers disappointed. Quote, we have to be at the right place at just the right time. Scott Bolton of Southwest Research Institute in San Antonio and Juno's chief scientist says in a statement. However, the exploration still resulted in the highest resolution images ever taken of Europa's surface. Quote, due to the enhanced contrast between light and shadows seen along the Terminator, the nightside boundary, rugged terrain features are easily seen, including tall shadow casting blocks, while bright and dark ridges and, ta- uh, and troughs curve across the surface, a NASA release says. The oblong pit near the Terminator might be a degraded impact crater. Juno's Juno's look at Europa will inform NASA's upcoming Europa Clipper mission, which will launch in two years' time and scout the moon further. Europa Clipper will study the moon's atmosphere, surface, and interior with its main science goal being to determine whether there are places below Europa's surface that could support life, JPL stated, of the mission which is scheduled to reach Jupiter's system by 2030. Europa is the sixth largest moon in the solar system and is similar in size to Earth's moon, but with marked differences in how it has formed and evolved. Scientists will now compare and contrast the images of Europa taken 20 years ago by the Galileo spacecraft to see how the moon has changed. So definitely some cool and interesting new images of Europa. And it is a little bit disappointing that we didn't find any uh, conclusive uh, uh, water jets or anything like that coming off the moon. It would have been cool if we'd have found something like that or some other indications of alien life. That would have been totally awesome. But, you know, uh, you just have to be there at the right place at the right time, I guess. That's just how 
the cookie crumbles. All right, I'm going to take a short break right here, and then I'll be right back. We hope you're enjoying this edition of the Liam Photography Podcast. The best way to support the show is to subscribe in Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or anywhere else that you get your podcasts. If you want to leave comments or suggestions for future episodes, you can call or text the show at area code 470-294-8191. And you can email the show at liam at liamphotographypodcast.com. You can find the show notes and links at liamphotographypodcast.com. And you can tweet the show at liamphotoatl using the hashtag. Hashtag Liam Photo Podcast. And now back to the show. And we're back. So continuing, now we move on to the rumor stories that I wanted to talk about in today's episode. So we'll head on over to Canon Rumors first and see what they have for us. Canon EOS R100 specifications, which is possibly Canon's next camera to be announced. Now, this is a CR1. We have reported in the past that Canon would announce one more RF mount camera in 2022 after the release of both the R10 and the R7. The Canon EOS R100 will reportedly take on the form factor of past EOS M cameras, such as the EOS M6 Mark II, which has been long discontinued. This information comes from an unknown source, so please treat it accordingly. Canon EOS R100 specifications rumored 24.2 megapixel APS-C sensor, digit 10 processor, 12 frames per second mechanical, 4K at 30p, dual pixel AF2, 1.04, 4 million dot very angle touchscreen, no EBF, new accessories will launch with the camera. What they are is unknown at this time. As you can see from the rumored specifications, the camera is pretty much a small form factor Canon EOS R10 without an EBF. We don't think that this should surprise anyone. We do not hold out hope that the Canon EOS R100 will also be able to shoot 4K 60p, but that would give Canon a small advantage over some entry-level competitors. We also hope that Canon has plans for both an RSS and RF pancake lenses there needs to be at least one rf mount camera that fits in your pocket in the lineup next up seven artisan launches the four millimeter f 2.8 circular fisheye for the efm mount seven artisans has announced a new four millimeter f 2.8 circular fisheye in the efm mount there is currently no rf mount version of the lens for the eos r10 or r7 about the Seven Artisans 4mm f2.8 circular fisheye, featuring a one-of-a-kind 225-degree field of view, Seven Artisans 4mm 2.8 fisheye lens can create a circular fisheye perspective on micro four-thirds and APS-C cameras. Photographers can create a 360 full panorama image with a minimum of two to three shots. The lens weighs only 7.09 ounces or 201 grams, which makes it extremely portable and allows photographers to have creative shots anywhere, anytime. The lens can also be mounted on DJI Inspire X5 cameras for creating a unique perspective you have never seen before. And it's supposedly on sale now for $149. Interesting fisheye lens. I'm not sure if a four millimeter would be something I'd be interested in. I've never been much into the fisheye lenses, but I know they can be popular with some people out there. 
And now on over to Nikon Rumors, the Nikon Z Lens trade-in promotion ends today. Trade in any working camera or lens and get up to a $200 bonus plus the trade-in value towards the purchase of select Z lenses. The current Nikon Z Lens trade-in promotion is ending today, October 2nd, with the Nikon Z Lens trade-up event. You could trade in any working camera or lens and get up to a $200 bonus plus the trade-in value towards the purchase of select Z lenses. See the table at the bottom of this post. And this is an Adorama, B&H photo, Paul's photo, and service photo. Some of the old Nikon rebates are still available. List of qualifying lenses for the Nikon Z trade-in promotion. The let's see, the Nikkor Z 14 to 30 f4s $100. The Nikkor Z 35 millimeter f1.8s $100. The Nikkor Z 50 millimeter f1.8s $100. The Nikkor Z 85 millimeter f1.8s $100. The Nikkor Z 20 millimeter f1.8s $100. The Nikkor Z 24 to 200 millimeter f4 to 6.3 VR $100. The Nikkor Z 50 millimeter f1.2s $100. The Nikkor Z 14 to 24 f F2.8S, $100. The Nikkor Z 40mm F2, $100. The Nikkor Z 28-75 F2.8, $100. And the Nikkor Z 24-70 F2.8 S, $200. And the Nikkor Z 70-200mm F2.8 BRS, also $200. So definitely might want to get in on those rebates because today is the day they will end. Next up, the new Tamron 70 to 300 F45 to 63 DI3 RXD lens for the Nikon Z mount is now in stock. You can now find this lens at Adorama, BH Photo, Calumet, Photo Earnhardt, Photo Koch, and Wex UK. And there is additional information and accompanying article that you can find in this article in the show notes for today's episode. So check it out. And now from the world of Fuji rumors, the Chikar 10mm f5.6 for the Fujifilm X mount. I've lost count on how many Chinese lenses are sold under all possible names. Once we never mentioned so far, one we'd never mentioned so far is Chikar, who backed back launched the Chikar 10mm f5.6 also for the Fujifilm X mount. This looks almost identical to the existing Pergear 10mm f5.6 in the Brighton Star 10mm f5.6 fisheye lens. And there are some accompanying sample images in this article, which you can find in the show notes. Kind of an odd name for a lens maker, Chikar. (laughs) Oh, well. Next from Fuji Rumors, the Nisi 9mm f2.8 review by Christopher Frost. This lens for the Fujifilm X mount has just been announced. You can see sample images and specs in our dedicated launch article or the accompanying article in the show notes. Now, Christopher Frost shared his review about this lens mounted on a Sony full-frame camera. Here's the summary of his accompanying video. Smooth focus and aperture ring. Focus ring turns a little heavily and very precise for manual focusing. Almost no focus breathing. 67 millimeter filter size is nice and unusual for such a wide angle lens. Use a slim filter with this lens to avoid uh, the occurrence of vignetting. 
metal lens hood, lovely build quality, image quality, and F2.8, excellent sharpness and contrast in the center, and still quite some good detail in the corners. The very edges are soft. At F4, corners quickly improved to become very impressive. At F16, comes to a bit of softness due to diffraction. At F2.8, distortion isn't too high with just moderate barrel distortion. At F2.8, huge vignetting in the corners, and they begin to brighten up at F4. 20-centimeter focus, uh, minimum focus distance and remains sharp at close distance. Average amount of flaring, although it is fairly transparent, hence it should rarely cause any problems. Coma smearing is absolutely minimal, even at 2.8, and eventually is there, uh, is gone at F4. Some sun star effect is visible even at F2.8, and they qu become quickly nice and strong at F4, and they get even better at F8 and F11. Boca, perhaps, just a little nervous, but nothing too distracting. Overall, he is pretty impressed by how well this little lens performs. So there you have it. And now from Sony Alpha Rumors, DP reviewed, does Sony's FX30 mean better A6000 models are on the way? More than just two more megapixels. The FX30 suggests that could be about to change. Most notable is its new 26 megapixel sensor, which would help draw a clearer distinction between a new series of A6000 models and the existing ones. The move to BSI isn't likely to bring much improvement to image quality. It generally doesn't in large sensors, except in terms of improving proving the acceptance angle from which pixels at the corner of the sensor can receive light. But this latest chip does seem to have appreciably faster readout than the old 24 megapixel sensor, which exhibited a lot of rolling shutter. The faster readout combined with Sony's latest AF algorithms would give a future A6000 camera an appreciable performance boost for still shooting as well as video. While the new sensor could boost performance and draw a line between new and old models, there's plenty more that Sony could bring to a new APS-C Alpha refresh. The latest Bionis XR processors have brought 10-bit video capture and 10-bit true HDR stills modes to all the cameras they've featured in so far. Just as importantly, they also tend to be accompanied with a move to the company's greatly improved menu system. Beyond that, we'll keep our hopes modest. It's probably wishful thinking to expect the long hoped for A7000, or at least to hope that a model called A7000 would show next seven level of build and enthusiastic amb amb ambition. It might be over-optimistic to expect that Sony will tailor its camera designs to match their audience a little better. At this point, we doubt we'll even get twin dials that you can operate with different digits. But the FX30 at least suggests that Sony has one eye on its APS-C customer base and has laid enough of the groundwork to allow an interesting update for its photography-focused APS-C e-mount users. To be honest, for now, I didn't get any info about a new high-end APS-C camera coming anytime soon. We will get a fixed-lens ZV and a new A7R5 in October, and that's it for 2022. But you know well that I am big, a big fan of the A7000 idea, a high-end 8K APS-C camera, a sort of mini A1 for the masses. I think it would sell great, don't you believe? And that's from the author of Sony Alpha Rumors. 
And for the last story for this episode, just announced the new Adobe Photoshop and Premiere Elements 2023. You can order it now at Amazon US and EU, Adobe, B&H Photo, and Adorama. A detailed overview of the many new features can be seen on that Adobe page and on B&H Explorer. And there's also an accompanying YouTube video. And that's going to wrap up all the news and rumor stories for this episode. Remember to check out the Land Photography Podcast Facebook group. It is a private group, and you must answer a security question to join, which is the name of the host of the show, myself, Liam. And I've also opened it up to allow you to give the name of a previous guest on the show to show that you are a listener. Once you're in the group, you are free to post your own original work. I'm also the admin of the Fujifilm GFX 50R group, which is the largest group for the 50R on Facebook. If you own or plan to own the 50R, you can request to join that group, but you do have to answer two security questions to join that group. You can find my work at liamphotography.net and follow me on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at liamphotoatl. If you like abandoned buildings and history, you can find my projects at forgottenpiecesofgeorgia.com and forgottenpiecesofpennsylvania.com. All right, and that's going to wrap up episode 277 of the Liam Photography Podcast. I want to thank all of my listeners once again for subscribing, rating, and reviewing in Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and anywhere else you might be getting your podcast. Also wanted to remind you to stop by the Liam Photography YouTube channel, subscribe to the channel, watch the videos, comment on them, like them, share them out on social media. Hit the little bell icon so you can be notified as new content drops. And don't forget, the latest giveaway contest is still going on for a little bit longer. So make sure you get your entries in now. And I will see you all again on Thursday.